Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. As always, I am joined by Andres, the Cavalier King, and Bryant's first prize, Flores. We are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events happening from Wednesday to Sunday, and this weekend is no different. Andres, I know you just told us that you were tapped out from watching too many sports. I know. I know you had a long weekend. You had a long weekend. Pat, it's like it was this whole weekend for me was exactly being two days in Vegas, just without without the walking, like being stuck to the television <laughs> for two straight days from the very beginning when you wake up to when you go to sleep at like one o'clock in the morning, watching football of both college, high school, and pro. I mean, at the same time, I was with, I was uh, giving my energy. Uh, to all platforms because I was I had money on games. It was a very good weekend for the Cavalier King uh, and his second office of gambling. So I was raining stuff. I made a nice payout with uh, with an entry. I started off with fifty, and uh, I ended up leaving with like four fifty. So it was a nice day in the office. Nice, nice. So um, the only thing that you were doing differently than Vegas is you were getting your own drinks. They weren't I was getting my own drinks. I don't have to walk very far to go to the bathroom. Uh, I don't have fucking drunken people ruining my mojo. It's just one of those beautiful things. I had good, I had good people, good vibes. We're all betting on the same, same households, you know. So, did you also watch games all day on Thursday? Oh, of course. Thursday, so Friday, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We that's not just two days. Yeah, that's a whole nice. But look. that's why, that's why we didn't have a show last week, guys. We needed to sleep in because. Our, we as spectators, we realize we've been working hard. We're thankful for our fans, and Thanksgiving's here. This is family time. Uh, we started, dude. You're right. I completely forgot. Since Thursday, I forgot how long of a weekend it's been. It's that's uh, yes. That, that's so why you're burned out. That's, that's why. why I mean, that's why you're burned out, right? You guys had a nice Thanksgiving, and you know, I know Flores didn't miss the bird at all this year. So, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm glad that I wasn't all into sports. Uh, at least. Uh, Last week, at least, it was a nice little break from it. This weekend, I did get back to it, and that was good too, especially with no the shit. fights. But more on that later. Yeah. Anyway, were you thankful for Were you thankful for this past week? Well, kind of. I mean, the Cowboys fucking lost to the Raiders on Thanksgiving, but I knew that they were gonna lose because it was just too good to be true for them to to have this many wins this early in the season. But um, yeah, it was a good Thanksgiving. Much like Flores, I, I watched a couple different sporting events, um, but not not too many. And uh, refreshed, ready to be back. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy post-Thanksgiving to our listeners. And, um, happy Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners, wherever true. they may be. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. And uh, now let's move into what else happened over the um, week. I mean, we take one week off, and head coaches in major college football programs have shifted. Um, baseball players from our beloved Dodgers are now gone. Um, other baseball big contracts, big, big contracts big around MLB in general are now um, being signed elsewhere. So <clears throat> I wanted to ask you guys, let's start with you, Andres. Of these big moves, um, what is your biggest surprise 
that happened over the last few days? You know, it was a little, I mean, there's there's so much to talk about with the contracts. I mean, I don't want to talk about. I'm sure someone's going to bring up the Notre Dame Coach Kelly thing. That's just be the only history. thing you talk about. Yeah, let's hear it. You're you're literally the only Notre Dame fan that we know. <laughs> you know, my, my you're, you're the only Notre Dame fan. I guarantee you that anybody listening even knows, dude. <laughs> Real. Yeah, I'm I'm just a diehard. What do you want me to say, uh, dude? My phone's been guys. My phone has been blowing up. Uh, the last two days, and it was funny because I have a I have a futures bet for the Irish to win it all. I don't know if they're going to get there with this whole debacle, but look, the whole the whole situation is is a complete it's a foobar situation. Um, I don't, and for those who don't know what that means, it's a fucked up beyond all recognition situation. So, um, <laughs> look, he, he leaves Notre Dame. This is not his first rodeo of leaving a, a program when they're in the hunt or before a bowl game, he did the same shit when he was at Cincinnati, uh, when they had an undefeated season and going to a bowl game. And then he left that, that night before to become Notre Dame's coach. And now he still has a chance. Notre Dame still has a chance to get into the college football playoffs. It's not like they're out. It doesn't matter, Pat. I know you're, you're I know that the, the audience can't see you. We got a slim chance. According to the, you know, ESPN college football predictor, we've got a 52% chance. So, look, we need a lot of things to happen, right? We need Georgia's going to beat up on Alabama in the championship game uh, for the uh, SEC. I would love um, nothing more than Baylor beating up on Oklahoma State and Cincinnati losing to Houston, which I think is very possible. And, look, Michigan loses to Iowa. We know how Jim Harbaugh is an asshole and can't win big games. He finally got that monkey off the back over the weekend. Um, but you know what? I, what I'm more upset about this whole debacle with Notre Dame is that we're paying too much attention to the Brian Kelly. Yeah, he, he's got a 10-year, 95 million dollar contract with LSU. Um, he's he, he, he didn't even tell his players about him leaving. It was broken out via ESPN and, and, and social media. Um, and then he had a, he decided to have a 7 a.m. meeting with his players first thing in the morning. He spoke guys for 15 minutes. 15 minutes, and he took no questions about anything. And then there was rumors, too, in the in-house that he uh, was trying to convince his defense coordinator, Marcus Freeman, to jump with him to go to LSU. So, And his offensive coordinator, they offered him an extra $500,000 to Tommy Reese, who is a former quarterback at Notre Dame, uh, to join him. So, look, it's, it's just he's just a scumbag, dude. Like, this whole thing is scum. I, I hate it. Uh, and, and and it's unfair to the players. It's really unfair to the players, and I feel for them more than anybody else. I would love nothing more than the beautiful God-given universe karma back to this fucking guy, and hope Notre Dame gets a playoff spot and they win it despite this fucking guy. Uh, it's just, I feel bad for the players, man. Like they did their job, right? They're eleven and one. They they go out there, they play hard. Their coach just leaves them in the dust in the middle of this whole run, and uh, and you know, and the funny, the worst thing is, is that. They're being penalized in the college playoff football, sorry, college football playoff uh, rankings because they they drop because of implications of their you know no stability in house. And it's like, dude, the players go out there and they play the fucking game. They don't make any of the calls. They do it. They've won. They've done what they had to do. They're eleven one. They should be higher than Oklahoma State team struggling. Uh, but I guess this is what happens when we're not in a conference. But Cincinnati, who is the number three team in the country. <laughs> 
it's not, you know, in a weak conversation, and that's our only loss. That's my question, you know. So it's just this it's is just this a is a ma- this is a major rant, and we just opened Pandora's box for for Andres to just really go in. Nobody cares about Kelly. What people want to know is how did you feel when you found out? I already yeah, heard yeah heard speaking of know. giving a fifteen minute speech, Jesus Christ! What were your thoughts as soon as that happened? Like. Um, you know, was it the most shocking one of all no, of the transactions? No, you saw it. Yeah, yeah, there was there was already in house like there was there was issues going on uh, with him and the AD. But his for him to leave like this, is this not maybe it's the not most a, shocking it's, it's, thing? No, because he, he because did this shit in Cincinnati. He did this shit in Cincinnati. Now Notre Dame that he's doing it to in this scenario that you're yeah. describing that they could still potentially win the national title. This is big news. This is the most shocking news, I would say. I think I think the more shocking news to me was uh, Seager signing with the Rangers and going out that route. That was, to me, uh, as, uh, more shocking to the, me, like, news-wise. I would have expected him to go to the Yankees, and he didn't. Uh, but I'm thinking, why Texas? And I know why he did it, because we all know, the big money, right? Big money talks. He's injury-prone. I was just shocked to see him go to the American League and not stick with the National League. So they might put him on his Kershaw's going to follow him, dude. Don't be surprised if Kershaw signs there in the next couple days, too. And I agree with you. Because he's old. He's going to retire. He's from Texas. I get Kershaw going over there. Raise a family. He's done. Let's let's call it like it is. He's lucky to have one World Series ring. Dude, I'm on a rant because Flores built me up all all day today talking all this shit on Instagram (laughs) talk. For the listeners, I had, worked, to, uh, I, I had to calm. I had to calm myself down. I, you know, took some medication for myself, so I had to relax myself. Okay, so yeah, the hip medicine. You're not really surprised about um, LSU. I I'm surprised that LSU wanted him. I mean, he he hasn't done shit at Notre Dame, the all time wins leader, and nothing to show for it. And furthermore. He left Cincinnati because supposedly Notre Dame was his dream job. And then he leaves his dream job for what? If anything, though, this should be a wake-up call to your Irish that they need to get in a fucking conference. Because he's always going to be having to bend over backwards. He's always going to be having to go a complete undefeated record in order to get any kind of recognition into the Final Four. So he can go 11-1. and and he can go 10 and 2 and win the SEC and still make a playoff and maybe you think you think he's going to ever beat Saban that guy look here's the thing you know like we always say in this show in order to be the champ you got to beat the champ right so he had his shot three times and he never won one at Notre Dame no, regardless Notre Dame will never be in a conference with football because it's a money deal right we're a nationally broadcasting team the rich and the poor can always watch them. The Catholics and the Protestants can always watch them. <laughs> the it doesn't fuck. matter. It's on NBC, okay? The problem is that you got to win the big games, and this guy's a choke artist, and he doesn't win big games. You're telling me when Lou Holtz was still back then and without a conference, if Lou Holtz in this time period without a conference still wins <laughs> championships, Patrick, they're still going to be number one, right? It doesn't matter. If this guy, Kelly, couldn't win one if his life depended on he's got nothing to show Lou for. Lou Holtz is he's, so he's the, winningest, he's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, guys, and he has no championships. I'll tell None. you this, though. I'll tell you this. Growing up, like, when I started really paying attention to sports, maybe we're talking, you know, since the 2000s, nobody has been successful at all except that dude. So I would have... Nick Saban, right. Oh, oh Lou Holtz? 
No, I'm talking about Kelly at Notre Dame. So oh, I would yeah, at least no. appreciate the fact that recently there have been big games for Notre Dame to even be a part of because it was a long amount of time where they didn't even have that. So I'd appreciate that. And then, Pat, just to get to what my you know big surprise is on my end, since we're touching the subject, and Andres, I know, can go for hours on, on Kelly, so I'll just hope to stop him there. Yeah, yeah but probably. UCLA just beat the dog shit out of SC. I won my bold prediction, win by 20 points, and that unfortunately led SC to just say, let's break the bank and bring in Lincoln Riley. And that was a shocker to me because everybody keeps talking about it all over sports media that nobody knew. There was no talk about him. There was more talk about the Steelers coach than there was yeah. this guy. There was more talk about all kinds <laughs> of random names than there was this guy. So that was crazy. And, and one little side note, I'll let you guys talk about uh, Riley too if you want to. But when I first got that message from the homie, Kelly to LSU, bro. I thought it was Chip Kelly, and my heart sank. I was like, "Come on!" Chip. <laughs> I thought we had something good going, and then I found out what Kelly it was, and I was like, "Oh, I don't give a shit." <laughs> yeah, yeah now I get it. Hey, I, I think uh, Lincoln Riley made out like a bandit on this contract. They're saying that it could be the biggest contract in college football history. Uh, I mean, no surprise considering that SC's in tough times, and they got to get to being in that you know prime spotlight that they once had, but apparently contract details, though not confirmed, we can't confirm this, but speculations are it's a $110 million contract. Uh, USC buying both his homes in Norman for 500000 over asking, $1 million bonus, uh, buying a $6 million home in L.A. for him, and unlimited use of the private jet 24-7 for family. I, I, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to win because that's a huge, huge contract. I mean, they tell us you're not supposed to take gifts from customers. I mean, this is, this is like... Look, if, he says, if he just like tomorrow morning says, hey, guys, uh, hey, kid kids, um, you guys want to just go to Bermuda for the for the day? We're taking the jet. We're taking the USA jet. Yeah, I got like, to visit us. Uh, a kid who's playing out of out of Florida, Miami. Let's go to let's go to Disneyland. Except let's he's Disneyland. except he's not going to be going anywhere because no, they need not, they yeah. need him to to stay here and work because this is a large. I mean, it's good. I mean, it, it's it's awesome for USC. Um, I think like a lot of other people that he was scared of going to the SEC and um, he wanted to dip out and this he could still make a Final Four uh, football tournament by representing the Pac-12 eventually um he could you know and if Lincoln Riley gets gets USC into the final four if they go undefeated um you know that that would be great for the Pac-12 personally I would like to see Chip Kelly get UCLA into the final four you know that'd be great um but we'll see I mean we'll see what it's all about like everybody thinks that they everybody thinks that California prospects want to go to USC to play football right? Everybody thinks that. Now we have a, they have a solid coach um, and they have this tradition of, you know, winning football. Now we'll really see what the kids want to do. You know, do the kids really want to go to USC or do they want to go up to Oregon still for, for all those tight jerseys? But, but the number two quarterback prospect of 2023 followed 
him. Lincoln Riley. Yeah, he's he, he he committed from. So, yeah. hey, it's yeah. already paying dividends. Already. And that's true. But yeah. the, look at um, the quarterback for Oklahoma was supposed to be the front runner to win the, the Heisman. Spencer Rattler can't even finish the fucking season. He already got yeah, benched. That's because that's in his head he's, he's just garbage. So, dude. well, that's what I'm that saying. Is, that right. is a jackass. That's why. That's why. I, I would still like to see – I mean, this is good. We'll see if USC turns it around, and we'll see if they get into the top five in the, over the next couple of years. Of course, the USC fans are extremely happy, and if I was a Trojan fan, I would be very optimistic. I was just very shocked as well, Flores, because um, there are very few f- college football programs that represent the holy grail, the holy grail of head coaching. Oklahoma is one of them. Wait, who's, who's – who, oh, oh, the early, holy grail in Oklahoma? I mean, if you're if you're a college football coach, Oklahoma's where you want to be, and I I I don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. He's so we'll see what happens. Maybe he just wants to come. He's another coach that I think he hasn't uh, won a national title either to deserve that, right? Like he's not an like. It's just funny that all these guys want to give all these schools want to give all this money to somebody who still hasn't won one. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, it's not like it's like if it was Orgeron right from LSU. Dude, I no problem with that kind of contract because I know that you've you've gone up to the promised land and you've won it. So, Andres, how many how many high schools did he coach again? Who Orgeron? Or, or Riley? He's got three, but come on, like he's, so that's, he's got that's, four. That speaks for itself. I so. mean, he, he's partly responsible for Jalen Hurts, right? Did Jalen Hurts win the Heisman, or he just won the national title? No, nah, he never won Heisman. Oh, okay. Well, uh, okay. So the point, the point that I'm trying to get at is recent number one picks, recent Heisman's. That's the guy to go I, talk I, to. So there's something to be said. I want to see how it plays out. I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, we're probably not going to see UCLA beat them down by 30 next November. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably see a closer game. But yeah, um, we still might. We still might. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, my 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 um. It's not. It's not Lincoln Riley's full his full recruits yet. So. In a couple uh, years, three years is usually where it's his recruits. So it's going to be a little while. So he's playing with, you know, whoever the, this old coach was for SC's recruits. But anyway, that's, well, that's, I was, where, that's where we're at. I was just going to say my biggest surprise is Javier Baez going to the Tigers. I thought that he was trying to be on a team that is going to be a winning team. Um, but he went to the Tigers, obviously, to take a large pay, paycheck. And um, as a Dodger fan, I'm just thrilled because I hate seeing him. I, I hate seeing him. Like, he just annoys me the fuck out of me. So I never have to see him, like, again, unless we play the Tigers, like, twice next year. But, uh, which we probably will as a Dodger fan. But I'm just, I'm tired of Javi Baez. So I'm glad that he's gone. Very surprised he took that deal in Detroit. But um, that's pretty much it for for the uh, surprises. Any last surprises before we move on to the next segment? Okay, so uh, Andres, what is your hero or your headline for the show? Uh, my hero is the lovely Enos Cantor, Freedom. Uh, if you guys don't know who that is, Enos Cantor. I'm pronouncing his right. Is they right for us? Yeah, Enos Enos Cantor, the center for uh, Boston Celtics. He uh, he just became a U.S. citizen this uh, this today or yesterday this past weekend. So he, he gained his citizenship. I didn't realize that he was he's from uh, born in Switzerland, uh, the country, and has a citizenship there. But I knew that he had played high school in Simi Valley. Uh, I just like him a lot because he's calling out the NBA. He's 
He doesn't put up with no shit. He called out uh, LeBron James a couple weeks ago in the China incident. So wearing the uh, the shoes with they were all bloody, saying how you know the child labor and how much LeBron doesn't uh, speak out against the, the the big corporations and his you know relationship with the, with China. So to me, I, I love the I love the guy, and I'm glad to see that uh, he gained citizenship, knowing that he lives in the best country in the world. So. Go USA, but the fact that this guy changed his name from cancer uh, to cancer freedom because he loves his country so much, uh, <laughs> I, just think it's, I just think it's amazing. I think it's fucking awesome. So, uh, Enos Cancer Freedom, welcome to the USA, baby. Now you'll be playing, you'll be winning gold medals now in the Summer League, so or the Summer Olympics. <laughs> he might. I mean, he might not play for us, though. He might play for his uh, original team. So, you know, now he wants to play for us. Or, you know, he has the ability to play for us. Well, he has the ability to try out. I, I, don't, I, don't, make... even know, but I don't even know about that. Because sometimes it's like, depending on the number of games you've played with your country, you can't go to another. But anyway, the one problem I've always had, I love Cantor, love what he does. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, American players and just American people in general sometimes don't know what goes on in these other countries, like how his dad was, you know, in prison forever as, as a political prisoner in Turkey and all that stuff. But sometimes just Cantor also does some pretty just clownish stuff on the court. And before all this political stuff on the court, he was just doing just kind of talking smack out of place. And now it's like a political talking smack. So a lot of people have kind of backed off, but he's always just tried to get more clout than he actually deserves by talking about things and i think i don't know if he just found his niche of politics and really is just running with it and and he's just trying to make a name for his career going forward by doing all this or what but at the same time i get it because he's coming from a lot of crazy stuff but just a small criticism of Cantor, but <laughs> you're, still always, love the guy. you're always gonna get a little small criticism from flores <laughs> <laughs> Just a little song. And in about five years, in about five years, we'll probably see him fighting a YouTube star um, in the ring. He, he seems like one of those guys that, that would do something like that. But uh, Flores, you said to shoot it over to you for your hero or your headline. Look, there was a lot of ways that was going to go. There's a lot of stuff like, you know, Andres was saying it was just a crazy field, especially without doing a show last week, a couple of weeks of sports. But to me, the one that just takes the cake, the headline of headlines this whole time, Andres kind of touched on it, is Harbaugh beating Ohio State finally. I sat there and I watched the end of that. And, you know, I had uh, Michigan plus seven. And I was like, dude, just, you know, don't get blown out. You're good. (laughs) And they were the ones doing the blowing out. And just the fact that at least it was a little bit close at the end of the fourth kept you entertained and just made you appreciate the game even more, even though it was a blowout score. Ohio State still was like, ah, maybe knocking on the door, but it was just crazy seeing the snow and then going over to the Michigan State game after it's even more snow there, everything in Michigan. But just finally getting that huge monkey off your back if you're Harbaugh. 0-7, I think he had been until this game. And it's just, this is the game of games. I love UCLA-SC, you know what I mean? And UCLA handled this year, and then UCLA went and lost to Gonzaga in college basketball, so kind of even that week out for me UCLA-wise. But as far as just, 
it was big college sports. It's, it's, it's just all the rivalry games happened this weekend. So the fact that Michigan finally came away with that victory, I've been waiting years for it to happen. And what a better – if Ohio State had been like three losses, ranked number 23, it would have been like, all right. But Harbaugh actually knocked these guys potentially out of title contention, and that's even sweeter. So shout out to Harbaugh. Yeah. Very surprising. Um, very surprising. And uh, let's see what they can do this weekend. We'll probably talk about their game coming up. So we have the biggest surprises of the most recent sports moves. The NBA player Cancer Freedom is on Dresses Hero. And uh, Jim Harbaugh finally delivers for the Michigan Wolverines as Flores' hero. And these are last week's heroes and headlines. Andres Flores. It has commenced, and what I mean by it is college basketball season. Look at my shirt. I am wearing my North Carolina Tar Heels shirt. Call me a front runner. Call me a bandwagoner, but I only like the Tar Heels because that's where Michael Jordan went to school, and I'm sorry. I'm always going to like the Tar Heels just for that reason, and I still root for them to this day. And Andres will be the first to tell you, Flores, I put them winning the March Madness tournament every single year if they make it because who knows the one year I don't pick them is going to be the one year they win it all. So I always pick them and uh, tonight, I'm sorry, tomorrow, Wednesday night, I'm picking them again. Uh, It's the ACC big 10 tournament. If you're not familiar, ladies and gentlemen, with what the ACC big 10 matchup is basically they play each other every year and um, it's just to get an idea basically of how good each conference is going to be. And uh, Michigan is ranked 24th right now. Michigan is always one of those powerhouse basketball schools that you'll see on your March Madness bracket. Uh, North Carolina is four and two right now. And I got to be honest with you guys, North Carolina has played six games and I haven't had a chance to watch one kind of happens um, around October and November. College basketball kind of takes a backseat to NFL um, you know, college football, you know, and then once December hits more basketball, gets paid attention to because you have less football being played um, because college is pretty much done. So that's how I'm kicking off the 1st of December with uh, North Carolina taking on Michigan. I don't even know what to say in terms of who to watch for North Carolina. We'll find out tomorrow. um, And I hope they win, obviously. And that game's at 6.15. So um, that's how we're going to start off our weekend of sports entertainment. Now there is a... Real quick, I I have a question for you, though. Since you're a diehard Michigan fan, right? I mean, a North Carolina fan. Uh, do you think the line is minus one and a half? Do you think that uh, one North Carolina wins, or if they do lose, they lose by one? I think North Carolina wins by more than two. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, Flores. I have no idea. This game is North Carolina. I saw Juwan Howard out there congratulating uh, Jim Harbaugh, so I guess I'll say that, you know what, North Carolina does not cover Michigan wins because of that. that good, uh, he gave him a good handshake, huh? They, like... <laughs> <laughs> hey, how crazy is it that real quick, though? You have, like, two head coaches who both played professionally in their respective sports and coach, well, well, yeah, even coaching in their in their professionals professions as well too. Yeah, it's just it, it goes to it talks to the network that uh, 
Michigan has, something similar to like yeah. what SC has, all these little private schools and shit. Well, they're not a private school, but the heritage that some of these schools have. Okay, so yeah. speaking of college basketball, speaking of heritage, mm-hmm. 630, UCLA, very strong college basketball heritage. Flores, this is your game tomorrow night. Tell the audience what you're going to be watching. So they're playing Colorado, and it was just a little uh, deflating last week when UCLA lost to Gonzaga, the big hype showdown. Shout out, by the way, to Dickie V for coming back after what we talked about. It honestly seems like just a couple weeks ago that we talked about Dickie V and, and the unfortunate, you know, I think it was cancer diagnosis. Um, and he's already, he was there in the sidelines and not only that game, I think he came back for Duke versus Zaga too. Um, so, you know, shout out Dickie V by the way, just that first and foremost, but as far as kind of what UCLA did, they laid an egg, they, they got stomped out by Gonzaga. Um, and they, it's deflating because it's so early. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time that none of these other games are going to matter. That was a game that mattered. You could blow all these other teams out, but nobody's going to take you serious because you got blown out by Gonzaga. So regardless, they still have to keep winning. They have to keep that number two ranking, keep all these other contenders from overtaking them as the second best team in the country until they're able to play Gonzaga again, hopefully down the line. But you know, it starts here. Fuck them up. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, 6-15, you got the North Carolina-Michigan game. 6-30, UCLA-Colorado. So you can do some channel surfing. And uh, Andres wants neither. Yeah. He wants neither of these college games because he's going straight to the ice, 7 p.m. Now, a lot of our listeners, Andres, hockey's not on the top of their priority list, so you got to sell this one. What's going on tomorrow night? Look, look, everybody has their vices. You guys have college basketball once college football is done and the NFL, right? But to me, the winter time is coming, guys. This is hockey season. This is where I still want to see combat sports legally, right, in the sense of, like, <laughs> fighting. In northern, you can't get that other than MMA. But if something goes down on the ice, somebody's going to get clocked. Gloves are dropping. There's going to be fights. But we're not watching for fights in this game, though. We're watching the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to watch clean, good hockey, guys. You're going to see some moves that you don't think would ever occur in a hockey game, but with the speed of the ice uh, and the puck handling skills that these guys have. But Edmonton Oilers, top seed right now, 15-5 at home against Pittsburgh. Um, This game's on TNT. Flores is going to be wearing a Gretzky jersey that night because this man, Gretzky, the great one, is going to be broadcasting this game. But, look, I'm looking specifically for the handling of uh, Connor McDavid against uh, the kid. That's the new face of the franchise is Connor McDavid. Uh, But, you know, more importantly, though, uh, Dreisaitl, uh, Leon Dreisaitl for, for the Edmonton Oilers is having a season, guys. This guy has 40 points. He's already scored 20 goals and having 20 assists. Um, so one-two punch, this is like Jordan and Pippen on the ice uh, with title and Connor McDavid. But I think Edmonton wins. I'd like to see Sid the Kid win this game on the road, but Edmonton's just a hot team. I've, I got to ride with the Canadians, unfortunately. It's their game, so. Hey, and what game do you think would, will get more views? That game 
or one of these Arab World Cup games that are going on right now, or the Arab Cup. We're watching Qatar versus Bahrain right now. But what game do you think will get better ratings? Oh, for sure, Pitt and Edmonton, because it's on TNT, right? That's a bigger marketing. They'll they'll broadcast that shit, so many commercials, subliminal messages while you're watching the Big Bang Theory uh, or whatever syndicated show at the time, and then you'll watch it. You can't watch, like, you and I are junkies to find this FS1 game on, you know, uh, 8 o'clock on the West Coast. F- oh, F- even FS2. I have it on FS1, so that's why. Oh, that's you're why right. I a, you're right. That's you're why. Right. That's why I have a 30 second uh, non delay on my screen. I'm on time. Yours is a bootleg version on FS2. But nonetheless, <laughs> I think the hockey game will because you have a championship game compared to these uh, Arab. Uh, or, sorry, this Arabs countries um, teams that nobody plays anywhere other than their perspective <laughs> or in China perspective division. So sorry, there's no superstars. So I'm gonna go with the hockey game. Okay, so who you said that the Oilers have completed twenty games, right? And yes. one yes. one guy on their team already has twenty goals and twenty assists. Correct. Are you sure? Are you sure I'm, I'm of looking, all that information? I'm looking, I'm looking at all of it. Yes, I'm reading specifically from ESPN's quick little messages. Thank you, Jimmy, with the stats. Because Jimmy uh, has been known the, to the, hang the out. Right. Jimmy has been known to hang well, out with you the most. <laughs> well, unfortunately, he doesn't hang out with me today because I came in hot from this whole All right. discussion earlier. So I'm gonna go with. I see what I see, Pat. You can check me later. All right, no, hey. But Flores doesn't think though that we can't even that the hockey is so poorly rated than women's soccer that they're not gonna get more views than this. You know. Uh, Arab World Cup the Arab Cup. The, Arab, the Arab Cup, yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. If there were camels involved, I, I think they would get more views because everybody wants to see a camel in sports, but that's not the case. Okay, so that wraps up Wednesday. Hockey, 7 p.m., Oilers hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thursday, uh, Flores, you have the first game to kick off Thursday. Shifting gears to the NBA, your Chicago Bulls in Madison Square Garden. Uh, taking on the Knicks, um, the Bulls are fourteen and eight, and the Knicks are eleven and ten. How happy are you still um, as a Bulls fan? Quarter into the season, twenty five percent has been done. Yeah, I mean they've kind of cooled off recently, and the reason why I really want to watch this game is not more so the Bulls, but the Knicks. The Knicks have just gone from being at the top of the East to now just you know another meddling team and. Based off of what happened last year, a lot of people had high hopes. And Randall has come out and not done what Randall was doing last year and a little bit more, which is what you would expect from somebody that's growing their career. And Kemba Walker has just not panned out for the Knicks. He's not playing at all now. So Coach Thibs is just – he's doing another good coaching job just because he's keeping him there. Derrick Rose still getting heavy minutes, Fournier – in and out of the lineup too, and that was supposed to be another big pickup for them this uh, off season. So I just want to know where the Knicks are going. Um, they just had a good game today against the Nets, almost pulled that one out. But hey, the Bulls are a good test for them. Bulls need to get a little bit of revenge from earlier on the season when the Knicks were good and they beat up on the Bulls and I think handed the Bulls the first loss of the season. But you know, let's see, let's see what happens here. That DeRozan Levine combination is deadly. Deadly. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but my God, those guys play well together. 
Yeah, and um, it's nice to have your do you Bulls. Think do you think they win, though? Do they think they win? I think the Bulls win, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know why the Bulls are going to win? Because Vucevic is back. And on my fantasy fantasy basketball team, I've been loving him. I missed him. No coincidence that when he was out the last two weeks, I lost both weeks because he's he's that good. He's a game changer. And is is, is he your MVP for the for for your team? Um, so far the best player on my team is probably Kevin Durant, maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah, but Vucevic, no, I have uh, Jonas Valanusius as well. That guy's balling. Mm-hmm. He went off. He had like seven of seven threes before the first half. Yeah, and you know who who hurt me tonight um, was no surprise here is is a Duke alumni, um, RJ Barrett. He played like <laughs> for the Knicks. He played like a quarter, and he he sat down with the like with you know he was sick. He couldn't do it. Jordan and Jordan finished. Jordan won an NBA Finals game with the flu, and I believe he went to North Carolina. And RJ Barrett can't even finish. A fucking November game. But anyways, okay, so going into my game. So that's Flores' game, 430, the Bulls and Knicks. My game is the Cowboys, who sit at 7-4, and four, going into New Orleans, taking on the Saints, who are 5-6. and six. Um, This is big. The Cowboys can prop – if the Cowboys lose on Thursday, they'll have lost three games in a span of – 12 days or 11 days which would really hurt them and as a cowboys fan i can't even call it i can't even think i i want to say that the cowboys are going to win but they're going to be missing their head coach um he's got covid i guess so he's got to go through covid protocols but a former head coach and dan quinn is going to step in so i don't think it's that big of a deal um i think they'll be fine uh the only thing that worries me about the Saints is if Kamara is going to be healthy and um, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Uh, who's your boy on dress for the Saints? Hill? Taysom Hill? Oh, Taysom Hill. Uh, he, he might start on Thursday. So, I mean, either way, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited because the Cowboys are favored on the road. So that gives us a good sign. I think we need to get C.D. Lamb back because ever since C.D. Lamb went out, we haven't won a game. So, uh, Flores, do you think the Cowboys pull it off in the Big Easy? This game reminds me of that Bengals-Raiders game that we talked about a couple weeks ago where both teams just desperately needed a W. My God, are both of these teams just wishing it was a couple weeks ago when things were all good. But, yeah, I think the Cowboys kind of you know get things back on track. Sometimes... Uh, you know, maybe not having your coach plays to an advantage, even though I was telling Andres earlier they're complete opposite with Kelly and Notre Dame. But in this situation, I think it might just, you know, give them a nice little boost for a game. And, you know, it's the Saints are just on a low right now. So I, I think the Cowboys just pull it out. Yeah, hopefully. Cowboys come, Cowboys come back off that awful skin. Uh, Flores is definitely writing that that's coming of the night category for me or nominee for for himself. Just double dipping whenever he wants. So, would you take it as a bold prediction that the Cowboys win by twelve or more? Wait, what's the line? Four and a half. So that's an extra eight points. 
Yeah, I'll take it. I did one more than a touchdown just for you. Yeah, um, you guys need to catch up, so I'll take it. Andres? Wow. Yeah, I mean, the floor is just taking I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Okay, so this is the first mention of bold predictions, and each bold prediction is worth seven points. The first to 21 collects beer from the losers, and right now Flores is in the lead. Uh, he just hit his bold prediction, UCLA um, winning by 20 against USC. So Flores is at 14. I'm at seven. Andres is at seven. And um, when Chance rejoins us, he'll be at zero. So hopefully I hit mine so I can catch up to you, Flores. So right now, um, Cowboys win by 12 or more. Now, Andres, you have a very interesting Thursday night matchup, and this game proves why you are a college, I'm sorry, a college basketball junkie. Now, why, what are you watching Thursday night? I know people are going to say, why is this, why are we even discussing this game? Uh, I don't even know anything about these two schools. Blah, 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 blah. Like my, my nephew says, blah, 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 blah. And he's only 10 months old, right? So shut the fuck up, guys. This <laughs> game specifically is going to be a nail biter. Uh, St. Mary's 7-1 and one coming out of the West Coast Conference versus Utah State, the Aggies. Yes, that's how much of a degenerate we are that I know the mascots of Utah State. So you should be thankful. And no, I don't need Jimmy's help. Uh, at 6-1 and one, at home. 6 p.m. CBS Sports Network. Uh, look, guys, St. Mary's has been knocking on that doorstep the last couple of years. Utah State's won their conference the last couple of years. This is going to be a good game, uh, very under underrated game that people are going to overlook. I'm just giving you the facts because this is what we do. We bring you the sports entertainment. Flores is going to be on the lookout on that. Uh, just I'm going to keep him updated. I'm going to be shooting his text and be like, yo, uh, three minutes left, and they're only down by two. I don't know who's going to be down by two, but somebody will be down by two with, with three minutes. So yeah, it's just going to be a game. Pat, you know, you know how St. Mary's is. They produce some good uh, players into the NBA. Yes. Um, what's his name? Mills from the Spurs. So Patty Mills. Oh, your boy, your your your, your compadre. Well, well, that's the thing is that St. Mary's and Utah State are two teams that will show up on your March Madness bracket as like a ten seed or a nine seed and everybody always goes with, you know, Syracuse or Florida state or whoever they're playing. And then they, then and, then, they and they upset. And th this is why it's a good idea to listen to our show. If you want a little bit of these 11, 12 seeds um, for your March madness bracket. And I, I love it that you picked that game on dress because it's definitely going to probably outlast all the other games and it'll end right into when you got to get ready for bed. So that that's going to be good. Now, Friday. Friday night, the night starts at 5 o'clock. So let's stick, it with, let's stick with you and Flores, Andres. Do you remember your Friday night game? Huh? Of course I remember. I wrote everything down this time. I wrote it in my little notebook. Uh, we can start on Wednesday. Wednesdays. By the way, I know you guys can't see it, but it does stay. We can start on Wednesday notebook. Um, so I did, write, I did write this one, but down. We got Friday... Pac-12 championship. This is championship weekend, by the way. So uh, there is a game earlier. I just want to mention it. It's uh, the University of Texas, San Antonio, which is the Roadrunners, versus uh, Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, and their Conference USA championship game. So uh, that's before. But we're going to the to the Pac-12, Oregon, Utah. Utah beat Oregon two weeks ago, Flores. 
Don't sleep on this or on this Utah team. Oregon, yeah, they they had that great win at the Horseshoe in Columbus earlier in Ohio. It ain't gonna matter because they're at the Pac-12. They're lucky if they win the Pac-12. There's no shot for them to win a national title. I'm going, guys, with the Utah Utes. Let's throw up the U. Um, I think because they beat them once and they know the game plan uh, and they're a hard-nosed, hard-nosed-hitting team, I think they have a better coach um, than Oregon. I'm going to go with the Utah Utes and say that they pull up the victory. This game, though, is neutral. It is being played at our lovely favorite city in the world, the Sin City, guys, Vegas. So it's at Allegiant Stadium. Um, not too far of a drive for, for the Utah Utes fans. They just got to go over through the, you know, Mormon desert. But they, uh, <laughs> Oregon has to fly out. But I'm going to go with the Utah Utes. So that's just my pick. Flores, who you got? Uh, I mean, even though Oregon was the potential college football playoff team, the last meeting, Utah was still favored. It, it was just crazy. It's a like everybody knew Utah was going to win that game, even though Oregon was the only one with anything to play for. So I don't know if Oregon is just going to get amped up and come out and try to get revenge for that, or if they're just going to be like, fuck it, our season is over anyway. I'm going with Utah too, man. Like they, they just already just manhandled them and really delivered when everybody expected them to win and sometimes that's the hardest time to win is when everybody expects you to win so if they did that last time why wouldn't they do it again am i the only one that's gonna say oregon gets revenge i mean they slipped up against utah like flores said everybody saw that coming i think oregon wins we'll see what happens but um that's kind of like i do love though I do love the over, though, Patrick, in that game. 59 and a half. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. If, if, if Oregon needs to stay relevant in the game and look at the film from their first meeting, I think they're, they're going to make the adjustments, but I think it's going to be a track meet. I personally believe it's going to be high scoring. It's indoors. There's no weather factors. That's going to just watch what happens. You're going to take – If you need Oregon to win, Patrick, you need, you need Oregon to put up at least 35 points against – Utah. We don't have to. We don't have to watch what happens because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. You're going to take the. You're going to take the over 59 and a half. The score is going to be 30 to 27. Utah <laughs> is going to miss a field goal that the over would have hit to tie it and send it into overtime, and then you're going to text all of us that the Utah kicker is a scumbag of the night. And the under is going to hit, and you're going to lose your bet. <laughs> you know, hey, if, that, if that happens specifically, I think I will give you double points for that bull prediction to occur, because that's some, that's some like, Nostradamus shit right there. If that happens, you give me a 24-pack of negative Modelo. I'll give, it, I'll give you a 24-pack. I'll call that. All right. That's exactly what happens. Okay, so my, my game is um, the Lakers and the Clippers at 7 o'clock. Both teams are up and down at 500. Um, haven't had good seasons. Um, Lakers, more specifically, have been very disappointing this year. Um, they're, I think this morning when I woke up, I checked the standings, and they were number six in the West. 
So if the season were to end today, the Lakers would make the playoffs. Um, same with the Clippers. But we got to talk about this game. It's the Battle of Los Angeles on a Friday night at the Staples Center. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't, um, Crypto.com Arena or whatever it is. To me, it's always going to be the Staples Center. But I think it's called the Crypto.com Arena now. So um, I, I'm going to do my best to try to watch more of the Lakers game than the Oregon game. But we know how it goes at Sports Junkies. You're going to want to watch the football game and catch maybe the fourth quarter of the basketball game. So um, I don't really know if I need to ask you, Andres, but who are you going with Friday night, uh, the Clippers or the Lakers? I mean, it's easy. Clippers. We, uh, LeBron's going to be out for the next couple of days. He, he got COVID. Clearly the vaccination doesn't protect you from it, so he's out. Um, he's going to be out for four days. Look, but we talked about it earlier. We said, I said this earlier a uh, couple of weeks ago, Pat, before the season started. That these, this Laker team are a bunch of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs <laughs> don't exist anymore, right? They just, it just doesn't happen. I'm going with the Clippers at home, uh, and we'll go from there. That's just my thing. And they look bad. They can't cover the spread. They, they just they look horrible. Um, they're just slow. They're, they're not clicking. I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe um, Westbrook and, and all those superstars, Westbrook and and, um, and LeBron, maybe maybe Westbrook is a cancer. Maybe no, he really is a problem. It's, would... as easy, it's as easy as LeBron hasn't been playing, dude. And even when he does, they haven't played enough games to get everything down right. The Lakers are still in the top four most dangerous teams in the West easily. So just 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 pump the brakes till after the All-Star break because right now none of that matters. And, you know, as far as the Clippers, you know, they don't have Kawhi this year. So anything they do is just going to be a huge plus anyway. Nobody's really expecting much from them. I expect the Lakers to come out and win this game. I don't know if I'm on my own there, but that that's kind of how I feel as far as what may happen this Friday oh, at at, at the Staple Crypt. Even without even without LeBron though, right? Because he is go, he's not going to be missing the next three games. It is what it is. They still have Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and Flores. If you if you pick the Lakers, I'm promising you right now. If you pick the Lakers to win, you're never going to be alone because I'm always going to be right there with you. Bold prediction, Lakers win by more than 15 points. Is that bold or what? <laughs> that is bold, very bold. Very That's bold, bold that. to, to win me the bold predictions? Yeah, I'll okay. give that to you. All by right. 15? By yes. 15? Wow. I, will, yeah, I agree with it. That will be the happiest bet I've ever paid out, is to see the Lakers win. <laughs> um, now, uh, we have a couple minutes left in this segment. So uh, you have UFC for Friday night. Uh, what is it? So not UFC, but Bellator. Uh, UFC has their pay-per-view on Saturday. Uh, but Bellator, you know, the, the number two MMA company, they have their stuff on Showtime on Friday at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. Uh, again, it's going to be on Showtime. Sergio Pettis, uh, the Pettis family, the famed Pettis family. I think his brother's Friday on ESPN and uh, his brother was also in the UFC before, but he holds the belt at 135 there. I think this is his first defense. Might as well tune in if you got Showtime because any MMA is always going to be worth it. The UFC is the main company that puts on MMA showcases and events and fights, but Bellator is right there with them. And a lot of the time, some of the fighters there are either up and coming or old UFC fighters 
So you still get some star power. Pettis family being one of them. Make sure you guys tune in for this Bantamweight Championship fight. What time does it start and end? Uh, main event will probably be on like around 8, I want to say 7, 8. Okay. All right, Andres, make sure you find out all the statistics so you can place your bet properly. Find out that reach. <laughs> and by the way, he's fighting against Kyoji Horiguchi, who's 29-3 and three and 1-0 and oh in Bellator. Pettis is 21-5 and five and 3-0 and oh in Bellator. So nice little 135-pound matchup there. Woo! <laughs> There you go. All right, so we still have to get to Saturday and Sunday, and we will do this just after this quick break. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend starts on Wednesday. Guys, it's, it's championship weekend. I know we've talked about it briefly um, the, on the past days that we just talked about. I'm looking at Saturday as the biggest game in my eyes. Uh, Baylor versus Oklahoma State, the number nine team versus the number five team. Uh, as a Notre Dame fan, I need a lot of things to occur so we can get that lovely number four spot to get into the playoffs. So, I would like nothing more than Baylor to beat Oklahoma State uh, on Saturday. Uh, game is a neutral site. I don't. I, I hate Oklahoma State. They they're one of the teams, Patrick, that they want to be cool because they have a cool coach who still wears a mullet or doesn't wear a mullet. Uh, they're high scoring, high profiling, you know, offense, but they just choke. Like they can't win the big games and. I feel like this is another scenario. Um, I think Baylor's underrated, and I'm just rooting for them. So go Bears. Uh, fun fact, Rick, Pat, you know my brother Rick. Well, you too, Flores. Brother Rick got accepted to Baylor uh, for college. <laughs> so uh, a little, little side note on that. But I'm going to root for Baylor, and hopefully they get the win. So that's my game on Saturday. I'm just going to be watching college football from morning to night because I'm going to be praying for a lot of things to occur and hope – that it does happen. Hey, so you had just said you were tired of watching football all day, and you're going to be back at it. Yeah. No. It, uh, I, I'm, I'm a masochist, Pat. I'm a masochist. So Baylor, Baylor, Baylor is 10 and 2. Oklahoma State is 11 and 1, right? So you really need mm-hmm. Baylor to win. Uh, Notre Dame is just wait and see. The over-under is 46 and a half. Definitely take that over. I mean – Big 12 final, you're talking each team puts up 24 points. I don't see why that wouldn't happen. And that game's at 9 a.m. It's going to kick off the day here on the West Coast. Uh, My game is the SEC championship. That game is at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Georgia is number one overall, number one top dog in all the land. Uh, And they're taking on Alabama, who is 11-1. If Alabama loses this game they are out they are out of playoff contention um there's no way that well i guess there is a way where alabama could still make the playoff they're definitely still in contention if they lose if they lose but it'll be a little bit more difficult no yeah you you can't tell 
tell me you're going to have a two-loss Alabama team over a one-loss Notre Dame team? Come on. But Alabama can have two losses and still beat anybody in the country. They would beat Notre Dame if they played them. You know that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I don't care. Our only no. You, yeah, of course, because Nick Saban and whatever. But at the same time, yeah, Alabama should have lost over the weekend against Auburn. But I don't see them. If Alabama loses this weekend, there's no way that they get a, a four a, a four spot to get in the playoffs. I'm sorry, there's no way. Alabama I, I can. Just don't agree with that. Alabama can make the playoff if Oklahoma State loses. And Michigan, if Michigan loses, Michigan plays at five o'clock. That's the next game. Michigan yeah. plays against I'm Iowa. Gonna do, I'm gonna do a bolt. I, I haven't done my bolt prediction. I predict that Georgia beats Alabama by ten. The line is six. Ten or more points. The line is six, guys. That's not bold at all, dude. It's four points. All right, uh, let's go double. So twelve and a half. Thir- Thirteen. That's okay, thirteen or more. Thirteen. Yeah, that's what I'm down. If, that, if, that, if that's what Pat says, I'm down. Because that's double. So does third, so, if, so yeah, so if it hits thirteen, then I win. Yeah. I think I think if it is a blowout like that, it really makes it difficult for Alabama. But regardless, I still think they're in really good position. Because if Michigan loses, so Michigan plays at five o'clock in the Big Ten title game, right? And they're. 11 and 1 and they're playing against Iowa. And Michigan is coming off this huge victory over Ohio State and they are, are on an all-time high right now. And they're going to be exhaling still and that's when Iowa can get them. Iowa can get them on the exhale. Now if Iowa beats Michigan and Oklahoma State loses, that leaves the door open for Alabama to still get an invite to that top 4 tournament. So Andres, do you think Michigan wins? On Saturday night, I you know I'm I'm hoping not. I think if any upset happens, I think that'd be the bigger upset. Uh, Iowa is very underrated. Uh, they have a very good coach. They did choke against Purdue earlier in the year. Um, I think look, we talked about it earlier, Pat. Michigan with Harbaugh, it's one of those things you you just don't trust it. You just don't trust him. Yeah, he got that that monkey off his back, Flores, and finally getting you know beating Ohio State after eight tries. Um, I kind of I'm I'm rooting for Iowa. <sighs> Unfortunately, I think in in the depths of my soul and stomach, I think they they do win uh, Michigan, but I'm I'm really rooting for that they don't. So I'm gonna I'll be rooting for Iowa. Go Hawkeyes. Little Steelers colors, black, black and yellow, black and yellow. Can't, can't go wrong with that. What about you, Flores? Are you rooting for Harbaugh to close this out and make a top four spot? Hell yeah, that dude might win this title, bro. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. <laughs> Dang, that would be the biggest fuck you to everybody that's ever hated on on him, including us, Andres, including us specifically. Yeah, um, I agree. So Andres is hoping for an upset on Saturday night. I asked you earlier, Flores, if Jojo Diaz, the boxer, is going to upset Devin Haney on Saturday night, and you put LOL, no. <laughs> is that- I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why. This is a really good fight. You know, it's, it's minus 600, I think, for Haney. So he is a big favorite. Um 
But nonetheless, Jojo Diaz is a legit fighter. But this is why I don't think he stands a chance. Because first of all, Devin Haney is very boring, you can say, but also you can say just scientific. He's a boxer. He's defensive. He doesn't have huge power, so he has to find ways to win, and he does. Uh, like he showed against Linares. And especially now that Telfimo Lopez just lost as a huge upset to Camboso, I think that has just really gotten in Devin Haney's head that that now can't happen to me. Because if Haney wins this fight, he will take his WBC strap, which is the only other one in the division, and put it up against, I believe that's going to be the next fight, George Camposo Jr. in Australia. So Haney definitely needs to win this fight to put himself in a position to fight for all the belts and by this time next year be the undisputed lightweight champion. Now, will it happen that way? It, you know, you still got to go through the fights, and those are two tough fights for Devin Haney to go through. And if he wins both against Joseph Diaz Jr., Jojo Diaz this weekend, and also um, if he does win all the belts against Cambosos, my respect off to him, but he still has a long way to go. But because, again, Telfimo just got upset, I think in Haney's head, he's going to be like, no way does that happen to me, and he gets extra conservative. That's why I see Haney winning this fight. Nonetheless, great, great card. Whenever you or, I guess mainly you, say the word conservative, I immediately think of the over. Is is this fight going to go the distance? Yeah, this is one of those that you just know is going to go the distance because Jojo Diaz also doesn't have... I wouldn't be surprised if the over is like 10 and a half rounds mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you just expect both of these guys to go to decisions. I think recently all their fights have gone to decisions and that that's just kind of their MO, so why wouldn't it be that way when they fight each other? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm watching every single thing I can on the zone, because they took away my exactly. Camilla. Hey, and you also get Jessica McCaskill uh, defending her undisputed welterweight championship on the undercard. She was doing broadcasting uh, at the Teofimo Lopez mm-hmm. fight, and she actually was surprisingly really good. So hats off to her, and hopefully she pulls out this W as well. Andres, Jojo Diaz, are you taking the upset or are you going with the regular? Hey, Jojo Diaz is from, I think, Montebello, too, Andres. Yeah, you know what I said? You know what I think about Montebello fighters right now? I don't think he's going to win. That's what I think. He's horseshit. Uh, I'm going to go with first prize, our number one uh, contributor in the, in the MMA and the fighting boxing world. Um, I'm gonna go with his lead. I think it, I think he is right. I think it will go the distance, but I don't think. Unfortunately, Flores. You, I mean, Pat, you keep asking all day. Is Jojo Flor or Jojo Diaz gonna do it? Is jo- and no, I don't think so. So no. Yeah, I mean, Devin Haney's good. Okay, so um, that's gonna be a great way to end the day on uh, Saturday boxing. Now shifting gears to Sunday, I want to play a quick game with you guys for for my matchup. I'm going to ask you. So my matchup is 10 a.m. The Chargers versus the Bengals. The Bengals are seven and four. The Chargers are six and five. I'm gonna ask you, Andres, who do you think is gonna win? Tell me the team, and I'm gonna say why, and give me a one-word answer. 
Okay. So 10 a.m. Chargers versus sure. Bengals. Who do you think is gonna win? Bengals. Why? Burrows. Joe Burrow. Okay. So you think he's gonna outplay Justin Herbert? Absolutely. Okay. Flores. Bengals or Chargers? Bengals. Why? Press conference. And if you ask me why, the press conference is my word. Because of Joe Burrow's just press conference that he had after beating the Steelers. He was like, dude, we beat the Steelers. I don't give a shit. We have much bigger goals than that. So that lets me know where their mindset is. And their mindset is in the right place. So shout out to the Bengals. And if you watch, I mean, I'm sorry, watch. If you follow us and you listen to this show weekly, you'll know that I have Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Joe Mixon, by the way, he's another one word answer that can get you the victory. That he's balling. And T Dude, and T. Higgins, I got. So I'm watching this game. That's literally the only reason why I'm watching it because fantasy playoffs are here. Well, they're right around the corner. And I'm getting ready for that. I didn't realize our viewers can't see, but you have an actual Ocho Cinco Bengals jersey in your background. Yeah, in the form of yeah, I dude, I, I I like the Bengals actually. I I I think they have a great team. So all right, so Andres, shooting it over to you. What are you watching Sunday in the NFL? Uh, I gotta go with my Niners Seahawks game um, in Seattle. Three and a half uh, favorites, but we're coming off a three game winning streak, four game winning streak right now. Um, I just, I would love nothing more than to see my Niners in red and gold just beat up on Carroll and Russell Wilson and just the Seattle 12th man, uh, arena up there and just beat on the road. So I don't trust Jimmy G, but we're winning. Um, it's going to be a little difficult though, because we don't have Debo Samuel. He's out with the ankle injury for two games, at least minimum, as well as Fred Warner. So it's going to be a little tough, but Garoppolo can throw, continue. He has to start throwing to Ayuk and get him involved. Uh, at least it's Shanahan called, but I'm going to go with my Niners and take it away, Flores. You think, you think our Niners win against the Seahawks? Yeah, I really think they're going to put an end to the Seahawks. Because if the <laughs> Niners handedly win this game, it's going to for sure make it so the Seahawks don't have anything positive to bring out of this season. And I think that's just going to have Russell Wilson leave. It's going to maybe have Pete Carroll lose one of his many jobs that he has with the Seahawks. And it's going to completely change everything. So I I think that's what this game is going to do after the Niners embarrass the Seahawks. This would definitely end the Pete Carroll era. Um, they would. This would eliminate any chance that the Seahawks have to go 500 as well. It would put them at three and nine on the season, making them best record that they can get would be seven and nine. I, you know, eight and nine. Real quick. Eight and real, nine. Real quick on that though, Russell Wilson's finger though, I think it's a lot more damaged than people think or anticipate as well, including himself just take the whole year off dude just like rest your rest your arm or hand you literally just had surgery there's no need to go back your season's lost like you think about your career yeah i mean it's a, it's a finger dude it's not like it's like i don't know it's a, it's, a, it's a finger on his throwing hand it's not a finger yeah like, but like when have you heard of 
heard of anybody's career ending because of a finger injury. Like, he can definitely <laughs> play through that. It's not a knee. It's not a shoulder. It's not an elbow. It's a fucking finger, dude. He's fine. Hey, listen, Dr. Flores, uh, I don't think you understand, like, what having screws in a finger does to your body, like, on that throwing hand. Like, when the cold hits or, like, I don't, I, I think you're definitely not, I know you don't, I see that. So I know that it's not anything that is going to make him sit out the rest of the season. It's just something that you play through pain. It's not going to linger. It's not going to hurt you forever. There's no possibility of it ending your career. So all he has to do is play through it. I don't think that's that big of a deal. I, I, I trust it, Dr. Greenthumb. I trust it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're saying that the pain won't linger in his finger? <laughs> All right, so speaking of fingers and hands and all this shit, um, we have some more hands that are going to be involved in our Sunday night entertainment. And this is interesting. We'd hardly get good boxing on Sunday night. Flores, is it going to be a good boxing match? Yeah, the only problem is that it's pay-per-view. But why? It's because you didn't see Tank Davis. Honestly, that's, that's mini Canelo right there, dude. And the good part that we're seeing right now is we're seeing all of these lightweight guys, these guys that are around the same weight class. We saw Teofimo just lose, which, you know, brought another contender into the mix in Campo. So we saw, you know, we're going to see Haney. Now we're going to see Gervonta. We're going to see Lomachenko fight. So all these guys, Jojo Diaz also, who's fighting against Haney, is one of these guys that's in the mix. Ryan Garcia was supposed to be one of the guys fighting too. He was supposed to fight Jojo Diaz. So again, there's just a lot of stuff with all these guys mixed in. They're all a big novella, and hopefully, you know, one day they all fight each other. But for now, we're getting to see Devin Haney on Saturday, Tank Davis on Sunday, a pay-per-view on Showtime versus Isaac Cruz. Uh, he was supposed to fight, uh, shit, I'm blanking on the name. I know it wasn't Fortuna, or maybe it was, I don't know. But, you know, that unfortunately didn't happen. So now he's fighting against Isaac Cruz. I mean, he's like a minus 1,400 favorite. So, you know, it's not going to be a great fight. Tank Davis is going to dispatch of him. Tank Davis is not Teofimo Lopez. He is a legit superstar. He knows how to come out and win these fights. And that's why I say all the time, people criticize Canelo. Oh, who has he fought? He's fighting these nobodies. But guess what? He's beating them handedly. It's very hard to win a fight. So shout out to the guys that do continuously. And Gervonta Tank Davis, in my opinion, is going to continue to do that for years to come. It's a really good card, too. Sebastian Fundura, who's from Indio, I think, for sure, from Coachella. Uh, he's fighting also Sergei Dervichenko, who fought against Triple G and gave him a really good fight and also won the Charlo Brothers. Others. He's also on that card. So it is a pretty legit lineup. Starts at 5 p.m. on Sunday. If you're sick of all this football nonsense, just tune into Showtime pay-per-view, baby. I Damn, how much is that fight going to be, though? Is it going to be a regular cost or going to be like 40 bucks? Dog, it's going to be like 75 bucks, bro. Just to watch him kick his ass, huh? <laughs> damn. Okay, well, I mean... Yeah. And you gotta save your money because the the, the uh, Paul versus Fury fight is also coming up. We have a UFC pay per view coming up next weekend. I think it is. 
Poirier versus Oliveira. So there is a lot of money to be spent on these fights in the next couple weeks. Isn't there, Andres? Uh, always, baby. Look, I don't care. As long as I'm making money to spend the money, I'm all good for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, that, that actually concludes the sports entertainment for the weekend. And we have um, one more segment. So the weekend starts on Wednesday. Um, this weekend it starts with North Carolina, Michigan College basketball. And it ends Sunday with Tank Davis taking on Isaac Cruz. We will get to that last segment just after this. Tom Brady highlights is like Skinamax, and what Flores is looking for is OnlyFans. The scumbag of the night is the individual responsible for ruining your sports happiness. They could cost you a bet, cost you a victory in fantasy sports, or they can make the headlines for all the wrong reasons and piss you off. Now, my scumbag of the night happens to be a boxer that Flores had just uh, mentioned recently, um, quickly, Teofimo Lopez. Uh, Lopez was, um, I believe he was a favorite to win on Saturday night. And he was, Massive favorite. Massive. Uh, yeah, and what the announcer said, he was like a 13 to 1 odds favorite to win. Yep. So, and not only is he a scumbag for losing a fight that he was supposed to win, but huge shout out to George Cambosos for basically coming in there, and like I like to say, like a scoundrel. He came in there like a scoundrel on dress, and uh, he took all the belts. I mean, four belts, maybe five belts. Uh, he just took them all from Lopez. And Lopez couldn't even let Cambosos have his moment. Now, Flores knows what I'm talking about. I don't know if you saw it, Andres, but they were interviewing Cambosos. And he was just pouring his heart out, basically saying, I'm so happy. Like, I've worked so hard for this. I'm taking this back to Australia. All this, like, just such a great moment for him, his family, and his country. And Australia. Yeah, and then Teofimo Lopez comes in, basically pulls one of those Kanye moves that Kanye did to Taylor Swift, <laughs> grabs the microphone, and is like, you didn't beat me, bro. Like, everybody here knows that I won. And, like, as he's saying this, his face is fucked up. Like, you clearly yeah, lost. Did he, did he, he should have punched him again, dude, taking the microphone <laughs> like that. I would have punched him again. Fuck it, you're, in the, you're still in the ring. You get knocked out, dude. Taking the microphone. This isn't an AMA award show. You can't sue me. This is a boxing match. You get hit again. I would have hit him. Fuck it. You can definitely get sued for doing that. And it's happened before. But no, don't ruin my happiness. Cambosos, Cambosos is standing there with all four belts that he just took from Telfimo. He doesn't have to say shit. He should have just started laughing in his fucking face because this is one of the most despicable things that I've seen a boxer do and you know boxing is the sport for despicable shit so for this to be that despicable it's pretty big and I'll tell you why it's because first of all this guy Teofimo his nickname is the takeover he thinks he's been taking over boxing this guy wasn't fighting anybody until Lomachenko because he had nobody else to fight and Teofimo was being 
you know, sold as the superstar by top rank and ESPN up and coming fighter of the year, I think 2018 or 2019, like prospect of the year. So he jumped up, you know, levels pretty quickly by going in with Lomachenko and then beating him. And, you know, a lot of people thought maybe Lomachenko might have won that fight or it was a lot closer than people made it seem. But Teofimo won it, and he has refused to give Lomachenko a rematch and said, I'm never fighting him again. Why? I beat him. That's it. I don't need to do anything else. And it's just such karma that now that Camposo's won, there is no rematch clause on top of it, too. So Teofimo literally has to come back with his tail tucked between his legs and say, can I please have a rematch? But to save face, they're just saying they're going to move up and they don't care about these belts. But going back to that specific moment, Teofimo Lopez is not a superstar. He is maybe a star right now. This is his first pay-per-view, and it wasn't even a pay-per-view. It was on the zone. The one with Lomachenko, that was something different. This was supposed to be his first pay-per-view. It didn't happen that way, and now it became a zone fight. His first title defense, and you come out and you get knocked down in the first round, and you get dominated the rest of the fight it was just an overall embarrassing performance for him he's not a star and he came and grabbed that mic like if he was the star of that show he's not that was his first title defense and he lost it he has nothing special now he has no belts he has no special undefeated record and for him to do that was just ultimate ultimate scumbag i can't believe he did that it lowered my respect Mm -hmm. for him that much more i cannot cannot believe he did that you you should you should definitely watch it on jesse but okay so in order to get the and not just andres but our ladies and gentlemen, listeners, to get the full effect of how much Lopez is a scumbag, you have to watch the fight because Cambosos was on his ass like a piranha. The inch- let, me, let, me, let me actually interrupt you there, Pat. You have to know the backstory going into the fight to really understand why that's a scumbag move because these guys have had this fight rescheduled like three different times. It's gone to two different networks. And they've had these press conferences where they get in each other's face. And Cambosos has looked like an absolute scoundrel in those fucking press conferences, getting all in Teofimo's face, really getting him angry. And it worked, bro, because Teofimo at the end of the fight was still in his feelings and his emotion. And he lost that fight because of his emotions. Meanwhile, Cambosos was laughing and smiling I think he would have been laughing and smiling even if he lost, even if he got knocked out, because he knows that that was just selling the fight beforehand. But that is why Teofimo lost, because he actually took that serious. It got in his head. It got in his emotions. He got in his emotions. He came out in the first round trying to blast Cambosos. Instead, got blasted himself. And it's just sweet, beautiful karma all around. And it all culminated in that moment where Telfimo made a complete ass out of himself to end the whole spectacle. So the one thing that set me off was that Lopez says, I'm not a sore loser. I take my victory just like I take my losses. And I was like, bro, you're, what are you talking about? So it was, it was all bad for him. And I can completely see why anybody would have lost respect for him as um you know as a as a boxing athlete uh, or as a high profile athlete like he is so andres you had told us that uh your scumbag was uh 
funny or what was it about? Yeah, my, my scumbag is actually somebody on the panel. First prize, Flores. Congratulations <laughs> for being my scumbag, for ruining my sports happiness and my happiness in general. One with your nonsense talk of Notre Dame football and Brian Kelly's shenanigans that I just had to get so completely faded by eating two edibles because <laughs> I didn't know how I was doing. But more importantly, though, forget about all that. Uh, because Pat sent out the message for Hawk Fights this Thursday, live on Instagram, the pics will be out um, regarding if people, if the Lakari brothers are involved this time around. And I said, yeah, I'm in. Like, I go, but I haven't received my funds from Flores. So, so it's been like three, three weeks. And I'm, he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, dude, it's only $5. Ooh, what a go. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, that ruined my sports happiness. And then his nonsense talk of Notre Dame. And then just hip, being a hypocrite earlier with regards to coaching and, and players and then flip-flopping. So I'm glad to nominate you as my scumbag of the night, Flores. Thank you for ruining my sports happiness, but I'm very thankful for you. So I see I've gotten in your head just like Camboso's got in the <laughs> Lopez's head. That's it. <laughs> and with that, I'll jump into my scumbag. Ladies and gentlemen, in this week's family member of a famous athlete that makes a complete ass out of themselves. We have Baker Mayfield's wife, Emily Mayfield. This is more than a week old, but again, we didn't have a show last week, and I've just been you know, champing at the bit to come and talk about this. This was her tweet or her Instagram post after the Browns beat the Lions. No one better say anything bad about Baker Mayfield after this game. I don't think I have seen toughness like this in a while. <laughs> Maybe the rest of our team should take the hint and get tougher. Can you imagine being in that fucking locker room and you're hearing this fucking wife of one of your teammates saying, Maybe the rest of the team should get tougher like him. My God, that just has to be the most annoying thing. I don't know how that locker room hasn't turned on Baker Mayfield, especially after some scumbag shit like this. And she obviously deleted it right away, but it's out there. I guess and now she's now she's out here, you know, tweeting and pleading the Browns fans not to give up on Baker Mayfield. You know why she's doing that now? She just tweeted that out. I think today or yesterday, because she's hoping that Baker doesn't lose that, you know, long, big contract that they were so expecting after a successful playoff run last year. And now they realize, oh, this guy's garbage. It wasn't him the reason we won. And she's really scared that they're not going to get that big payday. Wow, this is just complete scumbag shit from Emily Mayfield on social media. Scumbag S. Or what did they say? Yeah, scumbag S. She is lady, lady scumbag Mayfield. And it's against the Lions. And secondly, mm-hmm. secondly, if you're hurt, because I, I heard that he's got like four different injuries, right? Baker Mayfield does. And then I also heard that the Browns have the highest paid backup quarterback in Case Keenum. So if you're mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, just let Keenum play, get yourself right, because he's actually probably hurting his team the last two or three weeks by playing. I mean, they have Nick Chubb to hand the ball to 
you know, one of the best running backs in the game, a lot of weight can be lifted off of Baker's shoulder. She doesn't really need to play. And um, I'm happy that you brought that up, Flores, because I would like to see if Baker does get a large contract or he gets maybe he's a backup somewhere else. I mean, where, where could he go next? Like who, if the Browns don't want Baker Mayfield, where could, where else could he go to the Lions? He's going to be the next James Winston. Or you think he would go down to, uh, no, I'm just saying like this team's going to just get sick of him. Yeah. The Titans got sick of Mariota eventually too. All these flame out quarterbacks, Jared Goff got traded. You know, if you're not cutting it, goodbye. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so um, we had Baker Mayfield's wife, Andres, calls out Flores. And by the way, did he ever pay you? He still owes you the $5, Andres? I still haven't paid him. Yes, he still hasn't paid me. You still owe me from the last uh, uh, bold prediction, so don't act You like can you keep know. it. I know, you can keep it. You can keep it. Give us a watch. It's a watch. Well, we I haven't seen it. I knew you were going to bring that up, too. Because, like, I, I was like, well, we have, I haven't brought you your sodas or whatever you're winning. <laughs> we haven't, because of, we because haven't of seen them, though. COVID, so. Yeah, we haven't seen them, right. So, no, you keep it. You keep the $5. We're even, okay? We're even. All right. All right. Well, I, I, still, I still owe you your drinks, Flores, next time we see you and Andres. I don't owe you anything. So, um, we will definitely be back on Thursday, um, Instagram Live around lunchtime for the Hawk Fights round three. Um, we will check the messages after the show and get with Nighttime Nick and T-Rock of the Lakari Brothers to get that started. So we'll see you guys next week. This was the 128th episode. Um, if you're going to place any bets this weekend, good luck.